Hello, beloved, and welcome to this evening's message. And in this evening's message, we are basically continuing with our series on uh, the truth under attack, because that's what's happening in the time that we're living in, specifically this postmodern time. And when we look at the church, uh, it is through the emerging church movement. Now, we are going to look at part seven, where we look at the fact that we are in a war for the truth. And last time I said that it is a sad thing that the postmodern view of the truth, basically, has infiltrated the church. What is the postmodern view of the truth? It is that all truth is relative, which means I have my truth, you have your truth. But there is no such thing as ultimate truth or objective truth. Where we as believers with a biblical worldview says, no, 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 no. Jesus said very clearly that thy word is truth. God's word is truth. There is an objective truth. There is a, an ultimate truth. There is a truth that will, uh, has stood, stood the test of time and it will continue from eternity to eternity because it is an everlasting truth. But then, as well, Jesus said himself that he is the truth, the way, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. So, in the person of Jesus Christ, we find the truth. Okay? And then, uh, the Word of God is the truth. And it's interesting, in John chapter 1, just to give you a little uh, insight there. In John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word. And that word used there is the word logos. And when Jesus said, thy word is the truth, it's the word logos. So Jesus is compared to, not compared, but let's say Jesus has the words of life. He is the one who is the logos of God. He was there in the beginning at creation. He is there when, uh, how can I say, when the truth is given to us in, in written form. And in his person, Jesus is the truth. All right, so... It is just absolutely amazing. So can we say that we as Christians, as believers, that we have the truth, which means objective, ultimate, perfect truth? We can say that with confidence because it's not just in God's uh, revelation of himself, now his word in the sense of even the written word that we have, that we find or we have the truth. We have it in the person of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Uh, the Jewish Messiah, that we have the truth. Okay, And uh, when God spoke everything into existence in Genesis chapter 1, he spoke everything into existence by using a word. No? It was his word, his spoken word. Uh, so we can accept that as being true. Why? Because it is all objective. It's all uh, ultimate because it is the truth. Because it, is the, it originates from the triune God who has no beginning and has no end, all right? who is omnipresent, is omnipotent, he's, he's everything that he reveals himself in the word to be. So it, it is sad that the postmodern view of the truth has basically infiltrated the church, that you have your truth and I have my truth and I stand on my truth and you stand on your truth and I'm not allowed to to question your truth and to test your truth in accordance to the scriptures and you're not allowed to do it with me. This is complete postmodern view uh, and it's infiltrated the church in the form of the emerging church movement. Yeah? And we know that there's a war raging. 
in the church today. And um, we know that the focus of this war is the truth. The attack, the, the absolute focus of this war, they're trying to destroy the truth. Because Jesus is the truth, God's word is the truth, and it's ultimate, it's um, objective. Before we continue though, let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we have your truth. And even though we know that there's a war that is raging against the truth. Father, thank you so much that we have the truth and those who want to stand on the truth can read your word, uh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and follow in the truth that you have given us. So I pray, Father, as we continue to study this amazing topic, but it's a very important topic, I pray that you will please open up our hearts to receive your our minds to understand and enable me as your servant to teach your people. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Now, as we work our way through church history, we will see that throughout church history, the truth has been under attack. And if we go to Scripture, and you, and you know that the book of Acts, for example, is historical narrative. Yeah? So it's, a, it's the story. It's a... It's history that has been written down to us. Obviously, it's selected history. It's selective. It's not the whole history of the early church, but it gives us enough so that we can understand how um, the church came into existence, how the church functioned, how the apostles uh, ministered, how the apostle Paul became a minister to the Gentiles. The, the narrative is enough to, to give us a good grip on the history of the early church. Now, for example, in Acts chapter 20, if we look at examples from biblical times, now Acts chapter 20, uh, this is the Apostle Paul. He was in Ephesus. He, he spent time with the elders. He taught them, and he is on his way now. He's, he's going to leave, and he knows as he leaves uh, that there are going to be certain things that is going to happen in the Ephesian church. And he's concerned about it. And that's why he talks to the Ephesian elders about it. Now, in Acts chapter 20, verse 27, we read, For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. So, the Apostle Paul did not neglect to share the whole counsel of God, not just favorite parts, not just the nice parts, you know, like um, salvation and that Jesus is going to return and take us to be with him. No, no, also the things about sin and um, warnings about certain things that is going to happen. The Apostle Paul did not neglect to declare the whole counsel of God. Verse 28, therefore, and, and this is, therefore means, because I've declared the whole counsel of God to you, now take heed, says the Apostle Paul, to yourself and to all the flock among uh, which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. So what is he saying? He says, take heed to yourself, which means watch yourself, check yourself, but also the flock over which God has made you overseers, shepherds to shepherd the flock of God. Nah? And then he says in verse 29, and this is the whole thing. This is why Paul speaks to the elders, because the elders are responsible to, to constantly make sure that they are uh, continuing in the truth, 
that they are continuing in the word of God, that they are continuing in what they've learned from, well, in this case, the Apostle Paul. All right? So it, it, there's, there's this responsibility on the elders then to oversee the church, but also to shepherd the church, no? to shepherd the, the members of the church. And beloved, that's my responsibility as an elder of the church. It is hard because I'm the only elder, uh, because I can easily oversee things or, or can I say, uh, misread things or I can, how can I say, miss certain things. But if there's a plurality of elders, it makes it much, much easier. But now, uh, since I'm the elder of the church, the Apostle Paul is speaking basically to me as he speaks to the Ephesian elders. He says, I need to take heed of myself and then also of the church, now of the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made me an overseer to shepherd the church of God, which was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. All right, so that's what I need to do. Okay, now listen to this. And here comes the infiltration. All right, this is now what happened to the Ephesian church. This is what the, Paul, the Apostle Paul's warning is. He first says, take heed to yourself, take heed to the flock. Then he says in verse 29, For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. What a warning. So the Apostle Paul says with confidence, and remember this is inspired scripture. And we know that... Uh, this actually happened within the Ephesian church. In fact, it happened to such a, such an extent that the Ephesian church uh, was warned by Jesus in the book of Revelation that he will remove their lampstand if they do not return to their first love. And they never returned to their first love and Jesus removed the lampstand and the Ephesian church does not exist anymore. All right, so the, the warning that the Apostle Paul gave here to the elders of, of Ephesus, of the Ephesian church, is a serious warning. And unfortunately, at some point, the elders just did not take heed to it anymore. Right, so he says, For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Verse 30 says, Also from among yourselves men will rise up, speaking perverse things, and draw away the disciples after themselves. Yo, so not only will savage wolves come in from outside, there will also be men from among themselves from within the church. And he says they will rise up, and what will they do? They will speak perverse things, and they will draw away the disciples after themselves. There will come these cliques where um, people will follow this elder or that elder or this leader or that leader, and they will just follow after them. And, and they are talking a bunch of nonsense, but they will start following these people because the people has itchy ears. So they will gather for themselves a leadership or people that will speak what they want to hear. Okay, Instead of the leaders standing firm, the Apostle Paul warns them that from among themselves men will rise up and they will speak perverse things and they will draw people on to, um, how can I say, after themselves. Beloved, and this happens in churches. I've seen it as well. This is practical theology here. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen in churches where cliques develop, where people start following after a person instead of following the truth of Scripture. And that no longer can you talk to those people and, and confront them with Scripture because they've now got a following. They believe they have power. And the moment that happens, they start confronting you and they start attacking you. And it's it's. It's painful, it's hard, but unfortunately that's the truth. That's what happens. 
right? And then he says in verse 31, the Apostle Paul says to the elders, Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. See how serious this is. And how serious it was for the Apostle Paul then. For three years, he says, he did not cease to warn the elders. Night and day, and even in tears, warning them that these things are going to happen within the church. There's going to be an attack on the truth of God's word. The Apostle Paul did not neglect to preach the whole counsel of God, but what's going to happen is wolves are going to come in. They're not going to preach the whole counsel of God. They're going to preach selected stuff that they love, and those things that are precious to them, they're going to preach those things. And what they're going to do is they're going to gather people and draw them after themselves. And even people within the church themselves, men within the church in leadership positions will also not spare the flock, but they, they will speak perverse things and they will draw the disciples, the, the members of the church away after themselves. Beloved, this is a major warning. And this happened in the church. This happened in the church of Ephesus. The Ephesian believers experienced this firsthand. And what we need to do is we need to take heed. I need to take heed as an elder. And and you need to take heed. And you need to be an instrument in God's hands that um, if we see something like this happen within the church, that we need to warn one another. We need to say, listen, we need to come back to where we need to be. And what is that that we need to come back to? The truth of Scripture. The fact that Christ Jesus is the truth. That there is such a thing as ultimate, perfect, objective truth. And that's found in God's word and in the person of Jesus Christ. And we need to stick to that truth. Another example is in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 13 to 15. Now, just before we get to verse 13, the Apostle Paul warned the the Corinthian believers about um, these false apostles that came into the Corinthian church and they started preaching another gospel and another Jesus and they wanted the people to receive another spirit. Okay? Uh, the Apostle Paul warned them and he says, I, I, I introduced you to Jesus Christ as a chaste virgin. But you are being corrupted. And, and how is this happening? He says, just like Eve was, was basically deceived by the devil. He says, so these apostles are coming into the church and they're deceiving you. And, and the apostle Paul is concerned about the church of, of Corinthians. All right. Now, when we go down um, 2 Corinthians 11, when we get to verse 13, we read, For such are false apostles. Uh, all right, so it's these apostles that were bringing in another Jesus, another gospel, and another spirit. He says, these are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. Beloved, and this is what is happening today in the emerging church. You have in the emerging church people that, uh, especially in the New Reformation, for example, in the New Reformation you've got the modern-day apostles and the modern-day prophets, for example. And what they're doing is they're definitely not leading people to the truth of God's word. They're leading people astray. They're bringing in another gospel, another Jesus, another spirit. And, and they are sharing things that are not biblical at all. If you test it, it, it fails. All right. So in the Corinthian church, Jesus, uh, uh, the Apostle Paul says that these people that bring in this false gospel, is uh, they, they are false prophets, uh, false apostles, sorry, 
He calls them deceitful workers because they are deceitful just as Satan, now the serpent in the garden, was deceitful towards Eve. And what did Satan do? He twisted what God said. He placed doubt in the, in the mind of Eve. Did God really say that? Uh, can't I become just like God if I eat of that tree in the middle of the garden? All right, so Satan came and deceived Eve. And, and that's heartbreaking. Now verse 14 says, And no wonder, uh, this is 2 Corinthians 11, eh? verse 14, No wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Ah, so Satan himself, one of the fallen angels, well, the leader of the fallen angels, he had a very high position as Lucifer in, in the kingdom of God, and he, he rised up with pride, and he rose up against God, and he wanted to be like God. He can't be because he's created um, angel. How can he rise up and be like God who created him? But anyway, so he rose up against God, and a third of the angels rose up against him, uh, with him, sorry, against God. And at the end of the day, God cast him out of the, the, the out of heaven, and he was cast onto the earth, and he came to deceive Eve. All right, but what does he do today? What what has he been doing throughout all of the church age? Paul says Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. He comes as if he is an angel of that comes from the Lord. He is an angel that comes with the light, now with, with the truth of, of God's word. He's not coming in darkness and wickedness and evilness and all these kind of things. No, 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 no. He comes as an angel of light and he shares some truth covered. So there's truth, but that truth that he uses is like a veneer over all the evil and the, the wickedness that he, he does. So he says in verse 15, the Apostle Paul now of Second Corinthians 11, he says in verse 15, Therefore it's no great thing that his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. So these false apostles within the church of Corinth that were actually attacking the Apostle Paul's um, apostleship, and, and bringing another Jesus and another gospel and another spirit to the people in, in Corinth. Paul says, it's no great thing that the ministers of the devil, that they transform themselves into ministers of righteousness because the angel of the devil, Satan himself, transforms himself into an angel of light. So why won't his workers basically transform themselves into ministers of righteousness? That's what they do. And that's what happening, what's happening within the emerging church. And for everyone who does not accept that there is such a thing as objective, ultimate truth, found in God's word and in the person of Jesus Christ. So we are seeing it today. And, and what happens if this, the truth of God's word is exchanged for lies, non-truth, uh, deceitful um, things? What happens? Beloved, at the end of the day, what happens is the church is led astray. And that's what's happening with the emerging church movement today. The church is led astray. Just think about how long the charismatic movement has been in existence. And the prosperity gospel that has been preached for so many, many years. And how many thousands, um, it could be millions of people, are involved in the uh, 
this prosperity movement and this prosperity gospel. And they're being led astray by false apostles, deceitful workers. They have transformed themselves into apostles of Christ, but in fact they are not. Okay, so it's it's like <clears throat> having these uh, false apostles in, in the sense of, let's say, pastors who pastors churches now that's supposed to oversee the church and over uh, the flock of god and supposed to look after the flock of god but now instead of doing that they are now evil workers now they are actually false apostles that is basically transforming themselves into apostles of christ and now they come to the people of god and they lead them astray and that's what's happening in the emergent church movement all right, so history teaches us. Uh, we, we find it very clearly uh, in the book of Acts. Okay, very, very clear in the Ephesian church. And then we find it in the Corinthian church. Exactly the same thing. But there's another passage of scripture that I would like to share with you. And that is in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. It says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Oh, so now the Apostle Paul, through Timothy, who was the pastor of the church in Ephesus at that stage, if I'm not mistaken, but he says, now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, which means at the end of time, as we know it, some people will depart from the faith, which means they associated themselves with the church. They associated themselves with the Christian faith. But what will they do? They will give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And then he continues in verse 2 and he says, Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own consciences seared with an hot iron, forbidding that people should marry, and commanding to abstain from foods which God has created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. We find groups today that says, no, you're not allowed to eat pork, and you're not allowed to eat this, and you're not allowed to eat that. You're supposed to eat vegetables only, like the Seventh-day Adventist church. Um, and you're not allowed to do this, and you're not allowed to do that. All these do's and don'ts and things that has been placed upon the church. Um, and why? To control people. And then what they do is, they departed from the faith, they are giving heed to deceiving spirits, and they are embracing the doctrines, doctrines that comes from demons. And what they now do is they speak lies, okay, because their conscience has been seared. So they, they are telling lies and they, they do it so openly as if it is the truth, but it's not. And that's what's happening in the emerging church. We have people who preach, but what they preach is lies. What they... They share is not the truth, and it's not the gospel. It's another gospel. It's another Jesus. It's another spirit that they are bringing to the people. And beloved, that's heartbreaking, really, really heartbreaking. And and I believe that we need to we need to take notice of it. And the reason why we need to take notice of it is because it is happening right in front of our eyes. Let's say under our noses, this is happening. Okay. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 20 to 21. Paul speaking to Timothy again. Remember Timothy, a young man. Uh, Paul calls him his son in the Lord. And he says to Timothy, he says, Oh, Timothy, grant, uh, guard what was committed to your trust. 
avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. And I think he's talking here about the Gnostics, Gnosticism, where they believed that they had a secret knowledge. You needed the secret knowledge to actually know God. You needed the secret knowledge to be able to be saved. Um, so it was all about this this Gnosticism, this secret knowledge that, that was needed. And people were professing this and, and, and people were following these, these leaders who were propagating this, um, how can I say, this false knowledge. Verse 21 says, By professing um, it, some have betrayed uh, strayed concerning the faith. And then it says, Grace be with you. Amen. So, which means so be it. So 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 21 and 22, the Apostle Paul calls on Timothy as a young man. He says to him, Guard what was committed to you. Okay? Or to your trust. Guard these things. He's warning Timothy because there's going to be attack against these things. And those things that was committed to him was committed to him by the Apostle Paul. And Paul received it from Christ. And we know Christ is the truth that was sharing God's word, the truth with Paul. And Paul shared it with Timothy. So Timothy was called upon by by Paul to guard the truth. Okay? And then just avoid these profane and, and idle babblings and contradictions of these people that so-called have the knowledge because they don't. They are false. Paul says, you stick to the truth. Okay? And he, cry, he cries out at the end, he says, grace be with you, brother. I, I, well, I add the word brother, but grace be with you. Amen. You see, this massive attack by these people who who bring in these profane things and idle babblings and the contradictions, and they say that they have secret knowledge, and the secret knowledge um, brings them to salvation and uh, deeper things of God. Oh, beloved, there's nothing new under the sun. The church what a history of the church tells us that the emerging church and what's happening in the emerging church is nothing new it was it already existed and we see all these things that paul warns timothy about and we we find other um, warnings within the the new testament these things have all been warned why because these things were going to happen and continue to happen within the church right until the coming of christ then there's another passage of Scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 4. The Apostle Paul speaking to Timothy again. He says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Then he says in verse 3, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. What is sound doctrine? Sound doctrine is truth. Okay, so they will not endure sound doctrine. They will not endure the truth. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Which means they will listen to fairy tales, stories that are not biblically true. 
They will turn their ears away from the truth. And this is going to happen among the church members. And Paul warns Timothy that he needs to be on his guard. And he uses the words, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead. So this is serious. Okay. So he warns him about the time that is coming when people will not endure the truth. They will not endure sound doctrine. They will get, uh, gather for themselves people who will say what they want to say because they don't want to hear the truth. They will have their truth and others will have their t- truth because they've got little itchy t- ears. And they will tell stories to one another, which is far away from the truth of Scripture. Then the last verse I want to share with you, uh, verses, is in Second Peter 2, verse 1 to 3. And this is the Apostle Peter saying, speaking, and he says, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as they will be false teachers among you. So he's warning that in the Old Testament, among the Jews, there were false prophets. Nah. And he says, there will be false teachers among you. And what will they do? He says, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, falsehoods, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways. And this is the sad thing. People will follow after these people who speak false truth. Or pre- speak, not false truth, but let's say, speak falsehoods. They will follow after them. Okay. He says, so many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be the blasphemed. Who's the way of truth? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. So the gospel is going to be blasphemed. The doctrines of Scripture is going to be blasphemed. Scripture itself is going to be blasphemed. Christ is going to be blasphemed. The Holy Spirit, God the Father, is going to be blasphemed. Then he says in verse 3, of Second Peter chapter 2 says, By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has, been, has not been idle and their destruction will not slumber. Oh, beloved, can you see the history of the church? Can you see in the history of the church how the warnings just comes from the, the apostles to warn the church of these things that are coming? And that they should not be caught off guard when these things come. Because it's going to come. Alright, so we learn from history that what we see today in the form of the emerging church, where we see people just refuse to accept the truth of God's word, and that Jesus Christ himself is the truth, where they refuse to accept the truth and walk in error, and where they walk in untruth, and let's say subjective truth, where they walk in their own truth. This is not a new thing. We can see it right through church history and we see the warnings in the Bible that these things are going to happen. So I think we need to take heed to these things and we must know that the war on the truth is real. The war on the truth is real, beloved. And we need to know that truth as we know it, scriptural truth, Biblical truth is under attack. And may the Lord help us to stand firm, to know the word, to know the truth, to stand on the truth, to preach the truth boldly, and uh, to make sure that we stick to God's truth. 
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we have the truth in the form of your word, but also in the person of Jesus Christ. And thank you that we can proclaim that truth and that we can stand on that truth and that your truth will endure forever and ever and that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church because the church is the the ground and the pillar of truth. It is the church who, who can, how can I say, the, the, the truth has been established in the church. You did it like that. And we proclaim the truth. We blast it out over the rooftops. May it be true in each one of our lives, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, thank you very much for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he give you his peace. God willing, until next time, bye-bye.